Hello and welcome to From Fear to Fire, secrets to overcome fear, embrace your gifts and achieve success. This is the place where real people share real problems and where you can find a common bond and uncommon wisdom through their journeys to help you move from fear to fire. I am your host, Heather Hansen O'Neill, and I am back with a fascinating guest for you today. But you know, we have to do the quote, right? We can't miss out on the quote. Today's quote is by Eckhart Tolle. Acceptance looks like a passive state, but in reality, it brings something entirely new into this world. That peace, the subtle energy vibration is consciousness. I loved this quote. It's really cool. So I mentioned this fascinating guest that I have here today. Nate Riggs launched his successful real estate group, The Riggs Group, in 2018. But we're going to go back. We're going to look at his background and how he got to where he is today, from delivering flowers to the Space Coast, being an aviation search and rescue swimmer in the Navy. And we'll even dive into his four Fs for success. Welcome, Nate. How are you doing today? Today. Hey, I'm doing good, Heather. Thanks for uh, having me on the show. Oh, I'm excited. I think we're going to get some good stuff, some good stories. Why yeah. don't we go back? Let's start in the beginning. Yeah. Um, is there anything I missed and maybe what influences, because you have some interesting stories from your childhood. Yeah. Influence, how did that influence you? Yeah, it's crazy. I kind of believe that where I'm at today, where anyone is at any moment in time, you're just kind of like the culmination of like all those influences and all those life experiences coming together to this exact moment. And then once it's gone, it's gone and you're on to the next right um so, so i was born in a town called sebastian florida it's a small fishing town um you know probably three to five uh, you know i'd have to even do it i don't know if it's three or five hours south of where i live now but it's kind <laughs> of a no man's land right um on the east coast so i was born there we grew up there you know my I first started elementary school there we owned a flower shop at the time as i was a kid so um that's what you mentioned there at the flower shop. I was always hanging out. Like I didn't go to daycare, right. Or preschool. I was there at the flower shop. So that means my, my grandpa bill and then uh, grandpa Orvis, um, you know, they were both there and I rode around in a delivery van with them in the back sitting on a center block. And it's crazy. Cause I remember now, even, you know, I got three kids and I'm picking them up at school line and we got booster seats and car seats yeah. and we're, everybody's safety conscious. Like I literally got picked up from elementary school like open the delivery van, hop in. You know what I mean? If you did that today, no way. You can't no get away with it. No so <laughs> those are the earliest influences. And I called uh, for a long time, kind of called myself like a river rat because I grew up on the front of a John boat. That's where, that's where I spent my time um, fishing, hanging out at the flower shop. So those are the earliest influences for sure. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, I want to go into maybe some of the the challenges. Now, you were interested in real estate, but maybe in the beginning it wasn't going so great, right? You know, yeah. you, you were um, trying, maybe working at the mall. I think you might have been living with your mom and dad. Yeah. All yeah, of yeah. a sudden, you made this big change. Tell me about the big change. Yeah. So, um, and to get to that point, you've got to see everywhere I came from. I, I basically was like, I got to do something to get some life experience. I realized, I guess I realized in the real estate world, like, Nobody's going to trust me with the biggest financial decision most people make. Um, 
you know, if I'm just this wiry hair kid, it's whatever, right? So I was like, what can I do in the meantime that allows me to get some life experience, some skill sets, all that? So I, I joined the Navy um, as a search and rescue swimmer. Um, and there is a little bit of background to even how I was influenced in that. You figure all those young years, we were going to the air shows. I didn't have a uh, PlayStation. Well, I had a PlayStation later on, but I didn't have a Nintendo or anything. My dad had like a flight simulator on the computer. So I'm playing flight simulator. So I'm really getting, you know, used to aviation and those kind of things. And I'm interested in all of that. And then as I grew up, I got, I started lifeguarding by the time I was 16. So I worked at the pool, needed a summer job, got into that, started teaching uh, swimming lessons. So I grew up in Florida, right? I don't ever remember not swimming. And another thing, my great grandpa Orvis or uh, great grandpa Heen, not Orvis, but he he had like this above ground pool and it was so filthy that you couldn't see the bottom. Now, above ground pools are like three and a half, four feet deep right? and you can't see the bottom. That's where I was swimming, searching for diving. So, I mean, when I say we came from just like, I, I don't know, river, river rat really is the term. And it just led to like, where am I going to go? So it was always kind of patriotic. And if you look at that time frame, early 2000s, everything that was going on um, with, you know, the country was really patriotic and kind of rallying behind, you know, the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan. I think it's a huge part of like the millennial time period. Our generation kind of handled all of that. Um, so I was really motivated um, to be to make a patriotic decision anyways. But I didn't right out of high school. I went to college for real estate and got into it. So once I was licensed in doing it, now I'm a little bit older. So instead of just signing up to go, you know, boots on ground, I was like, how can I be a little wiser about my decision making? So I basically looked at who I was and what I was good at at that time. And that's where the rescue swimmer bit came from. So that's kind of interesting. Um, it's a really tough school. There's actually five schools over a two year period. You know, it gets chis each school you're chiseling and chiseling down. You know, you start rescue swimmer school with a class of 24 guys. Um, and some girls and um, and we graduated with six. Right. So you're like, wow, that's 75 percent fail out of that school right there. And now you've got more schools. And by the time you graduate your final like flight school, some of those classes, you only class up as like four people and sometimes only like three are like done. So you get there. Um, and then I was doing that job. I was just was focused on that for a while. Yeah, I love it. Now, I I am a, a fan and, and most of the people who know me well and listen regularly know I like to do crazy things like jump out of airplanes too. You oh, know? yeah? Okay. I'm a venture junkie. Um, nice. So I, I love that part of the story. You know, I love it all. Yeah. I, I, I'm drawn to that, that adventure. Was there anything in particular that you learned from that that translates to what you do now? Yeah, so one of the biggest things is when I was younger and I was doing real estate, thinking in my early 20s, Nobody is really your boss. You kind of join a brokerage and you go to training. But if you want to sleep till 10 a.m. and you want to go out with your friends or if you want to do what I call fake work, like you can pretend to work, you know, do busy work that doesn't really ever add up to you getting a paycheck. Um, you can do that. And so I kind of was lost in that world. I was closing a deal or two. But like you mentioned, I was still living home with mom and dad, still had to work a mall job just to like go out with my friends. And so it wasn't enough. And what I knew was if I if I do this rescue swimmer route, I'm going to build some life skills like going to work every day. So now, you know, sometimes I see posts about real estate and it's like, hey, if you treated real estate like it was a job, then, you know, you'd be very successful at it. And that's kind of my whole story. Like I go to work every day of the week. I'm, I'm here you know, 8 a.m., 9 a.m., I'm in the I'm in the office now, you know, obviously I'm talking to you, but it's one of my tasks that I do. And even this is 
okay, uh, this is going to be shared and it helps kind of grow the business in the new way, right? It's not like the old models are kind of phasing out and this is part of the new model. So definitely just being there every day. Um, and, and, and here's the thing, what are people afraid of in sales? Like they don't want to pick up the phone and call someone, right? Um, okay. Go over to the Persian Gulf in the dead of night and man a machine gun out the side of a helicopter and jump out in the ocean. I make it a call. I don't believe it. Picking up the phone no. doesn't seem so hard, does it? Yeah. <laughs> right? So I love it. I love it. And you yeah. know, um, that you show up, right? Every day you've got a certain amount of hours that you get to show up, you're gonna do your work. And that leads me to thinking about um the value of time. And I'm I'm a big proponent. Yeah. I, I tend to be uh attribute a lot of what I do in my success to my ability to prioritize very well and use yeah. my time wisely. So yeah. do you have any, um, any views on that or tips for people about how to use their time better? Yeah. So, uh, super interested in time. Uh, the bottom of my email says the future belongs to you. So, I mean, that's a reference to time. We're making this like I work for 65 year old Nate Riggs today. Right. So and I'm, I'm equating that time. Like, oh, I love that. That's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's my boss. Right. So, um, wh who, what does that guy want? That's, that's the work I'm delivering today. So that's part of it. Uh, I also used to have, I think in my bio, even my podcast bio was like traveling through time and space. And that always got people. So I'm very interested in time. Um, I've gone from calendars and I've done a little bit of like what, what some call calendar Jenga, where you're constantly uh, moving it or calendar Tetris even, where you're like constantly moving your digital calendar around. And if you're not careful, you can get sucked into that's busy work, right? That's not real work that produces a dollar. That's work that just you think, oh, I've got to get it going. So you also have to look at, there was a book called Starting Ugly. I never read the book, but the title of the book is enough for me to like get the, get the <laughs> message. It's like, hey, it doesn't have to be perfect. Just get in and get going. Um, so consistently, show, like you said, showing up every day and consistently doing that time. And I do manage. But coming from an aviation background, I've realized the calendar isn't so much what I need as a checklist is what I need. You know, the aviation world, every time you start up the helicopter, there's a whole checklist that you go through. Every time you shut it down, every time you pre-fire a weapon, you clean a weapon. And and when you get your evals, you know, and you're getting inspected, if you, if you don't get that book out, even if you do everything perfectly, you're going to get hit on your scores for not having that book and checklist out. And it does get mundane because you're like, I've done this, you know, thousands of times, right? Over 10 years, you're doing the same routine over and over, but you get that checklist out and you go down a list. And I view it kind of the same way in this world. Like, okay, I've got to do calls and do this. You know, I don't necessarily need to have calls from nine to 10. I just need to have calls on my checklist. And I know because of the 10 years, like I said, the same kind of muscle memory. Now I apply that to business today. Mm -hmm. That's great. I think everything ties together. And speaking of tying things together and, and maybe balance, what do you think about balance as it relates to you know, really being able to enjoy the moment, but also still striving? Right. Okay. What do you think about that? Yeah, that's uh that's a good one too. So enjoying today. So because if you're not careful, you'll you'll always be unhappy, right? When you're and and that is something that I struggle with and have had to like just be focused to overcome, right? Because it's so tempting to not be happy with today. Oh, my car is I got a nice car and I upgraded or I got a bigger house, but it's not my forever house and so I've got to keep going and go full speed and it's like, hey, like You've, you've got to kind of enjoy the journey and, and not put so much pressure on yourself to just perform all the time. Um, my escape is like, again, the water, like being in the pool or being in the ocean. 
Um, so most of the time, and I live in Florida, so, you know, I spend a lot of time at the pool in the summer and maybe that's it. That's like all I need. Um, I've got a hot tub. I get in that in the wintertime, you know, so it's like as long as I have that like escape, you know, identify maybe like your escape that like, hey, that's my I worked so hard today and that's my reward. And then time. OK, what is 65 year old me want? That's what I'm working for. But it doesn't mean I can't be happy today. I've got it very good today as yeah. well. Um, you know, when I'm thinking about you saying the things that make you happy have to do with water and that's where you come from. And I think about some of the things that make me happy are like, I love to dance, but that's where I came from. I danced growing up, right? So I'm just going to put a shout out to our listeners right now. I just want you to close your eyes and think about what did you used to do as a child that made you giggle and just completely joyful? Maybe you want to add a little bit of that back into your schedule. Yeah. Um, now let's talk a little bit about, um, you know, doing good. I have this philosophy that when we are thinking about something that's bigger than us, something that is beyond just my immediate needs, that I end up, if I'm, if I'm thinking about that too, how can what I want also serve something bigger, then I end up doing better for myself and for others. So yeah. what's your feeling on that? Um, yeah, I definitely agree. Um, I think we're so connected. Um, there's a, there's an unseen world, right? Definitely out there, whether it's, whether you want to call it energy or your spirituality or whatever that exists there. And when you, um, even in science, right. And different endorphins are released as you're giving or other things. So we, we do center around that too. And, and I'm involved in, um, like I play guitar too. So yeah. I played, I've played at church, uh, mostly, and I've played everywhere from like bands to like at the bars to big shows. But right now at this, you know, I find myself in church the most and that's giving, I'm not getting paid to do that. I'm giving the time. It's not just a dollar amount that you have to give, but that's time. That you're giving and it's something i enjoy so it releases that those good that good energy the other thing um that we're centered around and this is kind of like a business world one of my goals is to kind of be more centered around giving like when we look at a business most businesses have some sort of database whether it's like past clients or clients that they're trying to get right and there's different ways to go about sales and what i want to do is more giving base. So I want to host charities and I want to do that. And that's how I want to connect with people. And if the people that are in my database are not interested in like giving as like, you know what I mean? I want that like-minded energy. I want that same sphere. Like I'm trying to rotate people who have no interest in giving out of my database and people who are interested in giving into my database so we can give together and celebrate together. And you know what, the business side of it, I don't even have to worry about it because I know that will come uh, to be just as a result of that. Mm, I totally agree with you, Nate. Now your business is doing quite well. So let me ask you just kind of a, a baseline question. How do you define wealth? Uh, so, okay. So wealth to me, it's, it's not just like a dollar amount. It's something to be able to, to hand down a, uh, for one and two, being able to, um, you know, just kind of enjoy life. Okay, so I saw a quote that was like, rich people can buy what they want and wealthy people can do what they want. And that that's kind of, I like that too. And it's everybody just thinks it's a dollar amount, but it's, you know, it has to do with your physique and with your your spirituality and, and also your finances, though, right? Because they're all kind of tied together. Even your food, you know, I was putting out some uh, posts on social media this week about how 
when you over, what do you overspend on at the grocery? Because we eat really good, um, really good healthy food, and we make great meals. Um, and I'm still going out and maybe buying four bottles of good wine at the grocery store every week. And my budget, I know for a whole month, is sometimes, you know, some people spend almost that much just weekly. And when I look at what they're spending on, because um, I deal with so many people's finances, they're spending on, you know, um, the sweets and the Oreos and the chips and all that. And that's, you know, if you're doing that once in a while, but when I see, hey, your grocery bill's four times as mine and I'm eating way better than you. So that's not only a financial thing, but now you're affecting your physical and they're, they're all kind of like spider web together. They are. And I feel like you're dipping your toe in the F's. Yeah, so, a little bit. It's hard to talk yeah, about it without getting into it, right? So this is part of what you do. So why don't we just yeah. go? Okay. So Nate has these four F's. So can you share with us how they guide you and what they are? Yeah. So it's basically like faith, family, um, finances, and fitness. And it's not that you have to put them in any one, two, three, four order. They're just all kind of there. They're all really tied together, right? Like if we're focusing on our spirituality and that unseen world as a family, right? It's that's both faith and family. And that's, you know, and that's also a guide on how you treat people and whether that's your friends or your customer or your extended family, you know, it just leads that way. And so if you're treating people right and you're doing, you know, right by them in a business sense, that's going to improve your finances, right? And and going back to the food, your fitness and your finance, right? They're, so they're all just kind of tied together. And so when I kind of just was, you know, um, what brought it about as I do so much on social media just for the business. Um, I didn't even have a Facebook or Instagram really before I started getting back into real estate. And I just do that's hey, that's how I'm going to do it. And what it's allowed me to do organically, the organic reach is so much better. And it doesn't cost you anything. You can run paid ads and we do that sometimes for marketing. But as far as like connecting with people, being a relationship person, it's an absolutely free way. And I think it's a newer way um, than the old door knocking or cold calling. Instead, I'm sharing it on Facebook. If you want to see it, you follow along. If you don't want to see it, you you unsubscribe to seeing it, right? That's how it works. Um, but so as I was looking, you know, sometimes on social media, though, you can go down a rabbit hole and you can start resharing some politics stuff or you can get grumpy or you can complain about the sports team. And you're like, OK, so if, if I'm trying to create an identity on there, who am I? And so I did, you know, I follow and read and study other people. And I, and I found someone that was like, hey, we just post about five things. And I decided what the five things I was going to post about were. And I use that as my internal filter for when I want to share some politics or something, you know, does this fit in those five? No, it doesn't. Don't post it. And so I kind of was like, that's how what got what got it started. And so I just kind of narrowed my down my thing. It wasn't like I was looking for I need them to all be the same letter. They just happen to ironically be you know, the same letter and which simplified it even more. It makes it easy, right? So that's how it kind of came about. Um, again, just a culmination of my life. My dad is a pastor, so I did grow up right in that world. And so again, what has led me to be successful at business? Uh, I was a rescue swimmer every day, so not really afraid of anything. We can do whatever we want to do. I can wake up and make a phone call. My dad was a pastor, so he's counseling and leading and public speaking. So it's not, I'm not, a, I've, I've been influenced in a way that like I can get on the platform. I'm not afraid to be on camera. And you just add all those things together. And it just, it just comes naturally at that point. Right. I love that. Now, one of your F's being family, you have, how, how many children do you have? We have three kids. Awesome. What are their ages? 
Okay, so I have an eight-year-old, and I was married before, so but uh, so we're blended family as well. So we have 50-50 um, with her. So she's at her house. That's as much as I can probably get being a guy, and which is really good. So we enjoy that time with her. And then I've got um, two boys with my wife, Shauna, now, and they're three and a year and a half. That, they're probably a little bit they're probably a little bit past that age but um closer to two and three and a half now but they're wild and they're awesome so we love having those kids and and part of that too is that once you become a parent like you you know i've, I've always believed when i say the future belongs to you well it doesn't belong to you if you're not intentional about your life and so you've got to be intentional in all these areas, including like being a parent. And so coming up with something like, you know, your faith family, it's not just about social media posts anymore. It's about what you're pouring into those kids. You know, how are you going to lead them to make sure? Because um, one of the other things I talk about is like breaking this middle class mold kind of cycle. And I don't know if we're going to touch on that at all. But no, good. let's go for it. Tell me about what, what that means for you. Well, it's, you know, I, I experienced it in the in the rescue swimmer shops. I experienced it in my own life. You know, growing up, we didn't have much. And, you know, I, we ate off the styrofoam plates at the community center, stood in the, you know, food stamp line. And then by the time I graduated high school, we have a swimming pool and a hot tub and a camper, right? So it's like dad worked really hard. Uh, but then it's like I'm kind of spit out in the world back at zero. That goes back to the wealth question. There was nothing for me to hand over. No, no family business, no family assets, no family skill set. It just was like, hey, I taught you how to be a good person. Good luck out in the world. Start at zero, maybe even start negative. And then it's like 14 years later, I'm sitting in my backyard and I'm like, I don't have a pool. And it frustrated me that we go that, you know, one generation kind of figures it out. But then it's like back to zero and you got to figure it out again. And I, and I don't want that. I don't want my kids to have to to just figure it out. I want to be able to pass the baton rather than just, you know, passing, hey, you're starting from zero, right? They shouldn't be starting the race. They should be picking up the race mid-level. And whether that's assets we own, whether that's lifestyle that we live, I think all of it. Oh, I really like that, Nate. That's fantastic. Now, um, if people are starting to get super excited, right? They're sitting on the edge of their seat. They're listening to yeah. you. They're picking up on your passion. I hope so. <laughs> they, they love some of these things that you're talking about. How can they get a hold of you and, and learn more? Yeah, so the easiest way, NateRiggsOfficial.com. NateRiggsOfficial.com. Uh, it's a website geared around real estate, of course, but up at the top, it says social media. You can see my Instagram, my Facebook, the blogs, the YouTube. It's all right there. So it's that easy, NateRiggsOfficial.com. Awesome. And we'll make sure to put a link for that into the show notes as well. Okay. Did this fly by or or did this fly by? Ma'am, really fast. <laughs> that's what happens when you're having fun. Let's add that that F to the to the lineup as well. Yeah, right. So it's time for you to share your your final parting words of wisdom. What do you have for us today? Man, my final parting words of wisdom. You really have to really sit, look in the mirror at yourself and it has to be a daily thing. So just like your physical posture and when you see that old person that's 80 years old and they're all hunched over and they can barely walk and they've got a cane, they didn't get that way eight, overnight. They weren't 79 standing upright and woke up at 80 feeling that way. They started at 30 years old with bad posture and over time it slowly and slowly got worse. You have to look at yourself emotionally and spiritually and, and everything else internally as well because I believe that if you are have a bad 
emotional posture at 30, just wait till you're 60 years old. Nobody's going to want to be around you. You know, we've all met these people that like, man, so-and-so, maybe it's a family member, maybe it's a grandparent, somebody that you're like, man, they're just so crotchety. We used to have so much fun, right? And that didn't happen overnight. It's a lifetime of posture. So you've got to look at your internal posture as much as your exterior posture. Oh, I love that. Your emotional posture. All right. And it's making me kind of want to set up a little bit too. (laughs) We're talking about emotional posture. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, Nate, thank you so much for your time and energy today. I truly appreciate it. Those of you who are listening, thank you so much. Thank you for the comments that you make, the, um, the, Uh, recommendations. Please continue to share the shows out into the world. We love when you do that. It makes us so excited. And uh, reach out to Nate. If you love what he had to say here, reach out to him. Check him out on social media. Thanks again, Nate. Thank you.